0: You're listening to Emails Not Dead, brought to you by Mailgun.
1: Hello, and welcome to Emails Not Dead. My name is Eric, and with me, as always, my host and IRL brochacho, JT. JT, man. How's it (laughs) going? Doing well, sir. How are you? Doing all right. Doing good. Good, good. Can you believe it, man? Four seasons up, four seasons down. Here we are at the tail end of this season. How do you feel, man? i'm
2: excited to talk to discuss to uh, really have more of an open conversation than i think we normally have a lot of times it's like hey like you know what's experiences and what's tips and now it's like hey mm-hmm. what does the future look like and uh, how do we adapt to the future
1: world yeah well uh we have a couple great individuals here to discuss that the future is now gilda hilaire from salesforce director of product marketing and naomi west of parcela.io senior email and life cycle marketer welcome Thank y'all for joining us. Thanks
3: for having us. Happy to be here with the best team ever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Making this brown man turn red. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, just so the folks at home know a little bit about y'all, do you mind giving us like a brief rundown? How long have y'all been in the email game? Uh, Gilda, I'll give you the floor first.
4: Man, I've been in the email game since the Flintstone age. Um... (laughs) Yeah. When we were designing emails on rocks.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> stone tablet one. I like it. Uh, yeah. Marketing when them as spam, computers... you got to crush the rock. Yeah. When
4: computers are black and white <laughs> and you unplugged it and it would stop working. Wow. I've over probably 18 years, I guess. Now I've been at Salesforce, it's about four years. And before that, I was a customer for 15 years when I really started dipping into the email space. So close to... 18, 20 years, which is embarrassing to say because it shows age. I get that. No. I
2: understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's fine. And <laughs>
4: <Yeah.
1: laughs> you, Naomi?
3: I have been only doing email since 2015. I will say I thought I discovered email automation in that first role that I had uh, where I could just set emails to send to people automatically. And I was like, why has <laughs> nobody told me about this? And I've been hooked ever since, which is super fair. Um, but yeah, primarily I've worked both kind of in-house as a lifecycle marketer, as well as on the vendor ESP side. So get to, got to work on a, a lot of fun projects. Nice.
2: That's awesome. We're talking about the general topic and the hot topic at the moment. And I feel like it comes and goes as, as adjustments get made and as new things start popping up with it, but you know automation ai full on you know chat gpt i forget the other one that's out there now and there's so many of them that are popping up every day <laughs> it's evolving constantly evolving so it, it it's just it's the thing and we know that it's taking over in some ways in the email space and it's being utilized in different ways in the email space. We want to just like talk through it. Let, let's just unpack a little bit here. So one of the things that I was saying as we were prepping to start recording is that, you know, I, I feel very attached to AI because it was my senior year in high school when the Matrix came out and I, you know, I, I saw it, it scared me. I felt like, okay, cool. At the very least, you know, we're, we're, Two lifetimes away, so I will be long gone before we start making machines that think. Here we are on the precipice of that. They're not quite thinking yet; they're definitely learning, though, and uh, that is a little scary to me. But again, impressions are a different thing. (laughs) That's where I came from. But uh, what do we think about it now? Like, uh, you know, and kind of, I'll open the floor with that. Like, anybody want to say any opening statements along those lines?
4: I know. I think for me, it's like it's scary. It's good and bad. I think for me, it's wow, there's a lot happening, right? Mm -hmm. And how do we stay ahead? And it feels like we're running this marathon, like this four by four marathon. And when we finally are learning something, right? We've handed the baton. We're like, yes, we get it. Then somebody hands us another baton. Like, okay, now I need you to figure this thing out because we're all drinking the same Kool-Aid. So figure this thing out. And you're like, okay, but I'm still wrapping up this, first leg of the race but no problem I'll just continue running this to me it's like wow it's great because we're pushing our talent but then it we're burning out at the same time which is good I guess <laughs> <laughs> no right but it's like yeah, it's uh, like a good it's a good time to be in marketer an email marketer I have to agree right so excellent time we're pushing our talents but it's also a scary time because we're burning out trying to push our knowledge and our talent.
3: I was going to say, just to, to completely repeat that, it is an amazing time to be an email marketer, especially like a junior email marketer coming in. You can have such an amazing opportunity in front of you to discover this AI tool that maybe is completely overwhelming mm. to people like Gilda and myself, because we've been doing it for a while. And Maybe that fresh perspective of like a junior email marketer is what we need to like really kick it into gear. I am overwhelmed personally with the amount of AI tools in front of me. I had a fellow marketer forward me a list. He was like, this is an amazing list of AI tools. It's completely wowed me. And I was like, oh, okay. And he <laughs> sent me it, forwarded me the email. And it's like 10 to 15 different tools, all like dash great for subject lines dash great for, um, you know, user profile creation, dash, great for image. And I'm like, I don't know where to look. Which one do I click on first? Like, what are my needs? I don't even know what my problem is that I need solved right now. So what AI tool do, do I go with? So They're it's a- like, Who am I? It's a, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Who yeah. am I? Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of questions here. So yeah. it's an amazing time to be an email marketer. I think a lot of businesses are starting to realize how amazing the channel is, especially with the tumultuous social media channels going on and, you know, maybe they're not as reliable for pulling in leads and customers as they were before, but email is steady channel. So I'm glad that there are now resources being put into dedicated email marketer positions and life cycle roles. That's something I've noticed, but yeah, wow, this AI stuff is really just reshaping things a little bit.
1: You brought up a good point of it being like just another tool, like in your toolbox, right? Just to, to kind of help you along the way, but is it it's also a little bit scary, like Yilda was saying, like the different things that you're able to do and tell it to do and for it to produce. Is it kind of like the one ring, right? Can it be yielded for good or are we going to be, <laughs> you know, uh, is it eventually just turning us over to evil and like, and there's no really no wielding it. It's a, It's just going to be going that way. How do you feel?
3: My issue with it is it's pitched as this really easy thing to integrate into your workflow like AI should to be easy and save you time and I spend hours <laughs> in front of chat GPT just trying to think of a prompt or editing copy that it's spit out because it's so far from the tone that I needed it to be that I have to completely change every word I'm sure it could be maybe like a ring later on but I have had issues with how time consuming it is and how off it can be that I'd rather just do it myself at the end of the day when it comes to like copywriting and the image gen thing, I don't have a need for that in my workflow. So I haven't really played around with that. Mm -hmm. I always wonder with the image generation, I'm like, before AI, what were you doing? Were you sourcing your own pictures from stock websites or like creating them yourself? Like it's crazy how it's taken off.
2: That's one of the crazy uses that like, I, I just don't know especially within the email space. And I, I think it also really just depends. And, and this is the same across the board for so many things within email. And you know, when you're talking about marketing through email is, is what is the, the brand image, right? Like the brand, how the brand is going to communicate. And I think, you know, using those AI pictures, like that's definitely going to be a, for a particular brand type, or a customer type, or you know something that's, that's going to fit that. And I I just don't know what the use is there. Uh, when it comes to the rest of it, like kind of writing the emails, you know, for people, and and I, I think the thing is is that like, and and this is kind of the, the the theme that I'm constantly hearing is that it's about value also, right? So as a marketer, somebody who's who's doing that, who's who's creating the voice of a brand through email. It's so valuable to have somebody in that spot when you can do it. So the thing is, and I, th- and I feel like this is where a lot of people are kind of getting hung up on it, is for those that don't have that or who don't, who can't afford something like that, like, and then are trying to replace it with something like this, or, you know, it seems like an easy way, a quote unquote, easy way to do it. I know it's one of the things that we've in our, our pre-chats up leading up to this, um, we had kind of mentioned is that point of easy, cost-effective Looking at it in that scope, or is it just lazy? Like, is it you know, like, and, and to put a, a negative connotation on it, right? Can somebody do that? Like, is it easy? Is it? Yeah, it might be easy to replace it with somebody. Throwing in a prompt somewhere, saying, "Hey, write this for me. Make it look nice and pretty. This is what I want to talk about." Or would it be more beneficial and better to, you know, create that cur- curate that voice? Oh, I couldn't get that word out. Um, curate go. that yep. voice. Really say, uh, you know, what I'm trying to say for my brand, for what I I want to project out into the world to get to know my customers and for my customers to know and understand me. Has anybody seen any examples of people using that again? Hot topic. There's so many things flying around everywhere and and things are, you know, out in the open space right now for a lot of this stuff.
4: I mean, I haven't seen, but I think it's a good point to raise because I feel like those are the things that are going to be missing in that equation, right? That personal touch, the personalization, that human element. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we all hesitate to use the word easy, but you're absolutely right. People start thinking that, oh, it's easy. And if it's easy... I don't need to necessarily have that voice where I'm really truly understanding my customers if everything else is automated. And I think yes. that that's where the, myself, our group here is needed because we still understand that customer interaction, right? We're still understanding our customers. We We're not coming from this new age where everything's AI and everything is great and everything is easy because we truly know it's not easy. We love to see these new tools come in and really try to help. I don't want to say ease. I want to say streamline certain processes. Good word. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The
3: only thing that I've used it for is SEO descriptions. I have taken a blog post and plugged it in and said, write an SEO description for this blog post. The blog post is written in my voice. The emails are written in my voice. But... I'm like, the SEO description doesn't necessarily need to be in my voice. Like, hopefully, I mean, if someone's listening to this and it's like, mm, you shouldn't do that, Naomi, please tell me. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, it's completely the personality. Like I just cannot get chat GPT to write in my voice, which is a good thing. I feel good about that. And I don't want it to. And I still don't know if I would use it if it did speak directly in my voice because I would be too freaked out. See, yeah, those yeah. Are
4: the examples that people need to hear is that right there, is this is how I've used it and this is what's successful and what's worked versus some of these bogus examples will get people thinking, oh, it's really easy. Like it. It, it could do my job. It knows the customer. It knows my voice. And it's like, no, it doesn't know your voice. Yeah. So it's
3: it's, it's learning it. our
1: voices, right? With everything <laughs> that we're putting into it. So it might not be coming back to Naomi and her voice, but maybe when you know I put it in, you know, looking for, I don't know, anything. It comes back in Naomi's voice. But, you know, it's just gathering. It's, I think it's a, it's a weird time where it's just gathering all this information and just, you know, essentially remixing it to whatever prompts that we're putting into there. I think it's like, it's a good mashup tool. Like, it, it's like a DJ. It's just like pulling you know, random (laughs) songs from different folks. No, really, it's not its own ideas, but it's just putting it all together and saying like, okay, like this works, you know.
3: My problem with it is for Parcel, which is like an email coding tool. It saw the word Parcel and assumed that I meant packages and like pieces of mail. And for all the emails that were like, you know, come into Parcel and code your emails or check for accessibility, it, it would be like, and ship your package very fast with this tool. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> I would define Parcel. I'd be like, Parcel is an email tool and it's great for developers. And it still would take that and be like, sign up now to code your emails and send mail. And I was like, oh, this is going so wrong. <laughs> and it just took so much extra time consistently be like pulling out those sentences that I never wanted in the first place. So the fact checking element too, and like the editing, it's time consuming and no one talks about that aspect. They're always like creation is so much easier and it can save you time, but no one references the editing and like the actual like reviewing, which should happen with copy anyways, but you kind of have to go through with like a more finer tooth comb when it comes to things that AI have written.
4: And I think that's what we said. Like there has to be this learning that happens where this new generation understands these tools are great they will automate however you still need to review the copy (laughs) you still need to (laughs) check to make sure things are working and the lights continue to stay on just because Mm -hmm. you hit you know automate or send or you set the trigger doesn't mean that you shouldn't still go back and qa And that's what's missing here is the discussions of how important QA is still part of this process. None of these replace QA. We just need to have a shirt that says that
0: none of these (laughs)
4: tools replace QA.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot.
3: (laughs) uh, The (laughs) next shirt idea.
1: (laughs) Thomas, get on it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh uh, yeah and I think like so many people and I know the the other thing that's talked about consistently is that so many people are starting to use it for like prompts, right? I need a next idea of what to talk about whenever I'm doing my my next communication. So, and, and, and I think that is, is one of those things where you're then also like not doing the, or I guess you're, you're still leaving the important pieces in place, right? The actual writing of the copy, the actual, like, you know, somebody putting a voice to it, putting personality to it, and then the QA and everything else like keeps happening down the line. But yeah, when, when it's used just to create that and to kind of send, that out like I mean, I think even more so like it's definitely more attention needs to be paid to the QA process to make sure that things are there to not talk about shipping packages, you know, whenever you're trying to talk about a product that's not that, then it really becomes you know, what is really your savings, right? Time-wise, money-wise, like everything else, like it doesn't balance out. It definitely doesn't balance out. I, I don't know. I've, I'm afraid to even type stuff into it because I don't want it to know me. Uh, so <laughs> I don't really use it a whole lot. I'm like, I'm the outlier here because I feel like everybody else has done at least a little bit with it. I have not even quite dipped my toe in yet, but I know I'm going to have to at some day, yeah. at some point in some capacity, I'm sure the day will come. Uh, And and I think that's, to Gilda's point, like that education piece, like, right, how are people doing it? Like, you know, let's have those open in conversations about things. I think, I know I'm afraid to talk about it sometimes because I have strong opinions sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't want to throw that into the world and just be like, hey, like, don't do it. It's it's evil. Like, it's going to paint your picture in a weird way. And then, uh, you know, whatever else. But I honestly think like having this part of the conversation, knowing and understanding where it is that we can use it, I think is super helpful. And then the consequences of using it in certain ways when things go wrong too, because I know there's been examples of that that have happened, uh, you know, out in the world. We're not going to talk about those examples We're not going to call anybody out, but I know that there's examples out there of it being used in a really bad way and it just not having an understanding of the human element quite yet because it's just pulling things from all kinds of random places and putting them together like eric wanted to call out about djs you know like mm-hmm. i guess he called them unoriginal or something no um, no i was like
1: it's like, <laughs> like 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 mashup artists that's what i'm referring okay all to.
2: right all right yeah okay so they're yeah, unoriginal. Got gotcha yeah there you go uh, I, <laughs> i'm just putting words sorry, well, i'm sorry yeah. <laughs>
0: i'm just poking at fun at you a
2: little bit um
0: <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna hop in on this one really quick so i i yeah. asked it for the, for the research for this one i was asking it you know like when is the best time to send an email marketing campaign to like 250,000 people. You you can get to that point later, but I started to play around with it because I've never messed with it before. And I tried to get it to be self-aware. So like, I'm a big fan of 2001 space odyssey. So I was asking it, like, how do you feel about yourself? I was trying to get it to crack itself and just wouldn't budge the whole time. (laughs) It was like, I was even asking about it's like mindfulness at one point, just trying to like, see if I can make it crack. Nah, wouldn't budge. So. But yeah, that was Nothing. fun.
2: Exploring. So there are some safeguards that are kind of working right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> right it's like now.
2: one, do not
1: become self-aware. <laughs> Two, do not hurt anybody. And three, I don't know what the third one is yet. I
3: uh, <laughs> also tried to use that first a all. I guess maybe not self-aware, but uh, it was one of my friend's birthday parties and we were all doing a roast and I tried to get ChatGPT to generate a roast based on qualities of the person that I told it about. And it was like ob Absolutely not like bullying is not tolerated
4: oh you will not wow i getting a
3: roast from me and so i was like all right give me an ode give me an ode or a haiku or <laughs> a soliloquy <laughs> like whatever and Rare. it did and mine was definitely the worst but that's sometimes what happens when you lean on ai yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. so it's a nice ai is what you're saying is it's it it doesn't it's a nice
3: one yeah mm. yeah good qualities in it to to not fish out roast too bad
2: (laughs) (laughs) when we wanted it to go bad it wouldn't i get it
4: (laughs) yeah
3: yeah there's some hard rules with it
4: (laughs) that's good to know though so it has its limits
2: yes yes i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I know one of the things, I mean, and we touched on this point a little while ago too, um, that, uh, you know, kind of like what Naomi mean, was we saying about email still being a viable thing, right? Like, you know, and thank you for that, because we love pointing back consistently to the name of the podcast and email's not dead. And we know it's still alive. We're still here, uh, still doing the podcast, still trudging forward with the email part of it. Um, but I, I really do think like that, that so much of this is just called attention because, I, you know, there's definitely a place for AI in some things. And I know it's, it, it, I think because there's that level of, hey, let me ask for a prompt. Let me get it back. Let's read it see what it says. And then you can choose to put it in an email. Uh, and I, th- I think that little separation has kind of like caused that, that part of it to blow up a little bit more and quicker, even though a lot of these tools themselves are a chat interaction, right? But I think there's so little confidence in some of these that You don't want to put it immediately in front of a person without those safeguards and without that stuff in place. So I I, I do appreciate that too, that it's kind of calling attention back to the email space. And I mean, when we look at it as a whole, I know like ROI is a big thing and people are still sending email in mass because you still get results from that and like how it's doing that so i think that's super nice but i'm also very curious as like how long before it gets good enough or we can do our own safeguards and our own things to use it in other places outside of the email channel whenever we're doing those kind of things like the chat interactions the you know everything's going to that part of it where it's just uh you know chat equals WhatsApp and you know Facebook Messenger and when brands are trying to communicate and get people involved in that way, I think there is a space for that and and I think uh, you know it, it's nice to know that. There's possibilities that hap- that can happen in the future with some of this stuff, and, that, and that's kind of where I'm trying to lead to. Is that you know I, I think we definitely need to still have a voice within the email side of things because that's such a different type of communication. Even though it blew up with hey, you can use it an email, like use it an email. They like, write your emails with this. Awesome. I, I, I'm. It's nice to see that people have pulled back from that and really starting to consider the marketing aspect about knowing your customer, knowing your brand. How are you trying to do things? But then it doesn't mean that we have to close it off completely when it comes to the marketing side of things. And and uh, I don't know, it's just a, a fun thing to explore and think about and wonder about the possibilities.
3: I have heard of, I haven't, you know, played with these use cases myself, but some of the use cases that really excite me are like CSV reformatting, because I die in Excel. I hate Excel. It always, it, one, it slows down my computer, but also like I can't do what people do in Excel. They're very talented. And you know, if you could take email engagement data and say, take this CSV and reformat it to highlight my most engaged subscribers based on them opening at least five emails in the past month and send it back to me, like that would be a great way to maybe organize yourself for an IP warming, right? So there are some opportunities that like excite me with it. And go far beyond the copywriting and image generation that seem easy to talk about. But yeah, I think that there is a lot of potential, a lot of scary potential. Because, like, where am I putting that data? Who's getting yeah. access to the CSV, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: is it staying at so, home? Is it only with yeah. your user? Who has, <laughs> <Yeah>. who's <laughs> downloading it and right. selling it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Where's it going? So, definitely haven't toyed around with any of those myself, but I like the idea of it. And if, like let's say a trusted tool could create that for me, like my own marketing automation solution could take those capabilities and give them to me inside like the trusted kind of data source, I would be stoked. And things like, you know, create an automation for me that has three touch points over a seven day period split by active usage or something. Like the more possibilities that email platforms and marketing automation solutions bring like that into the tool itself, like so much time saving, so much fun. So I'm looking forward to those, but everything else I'm like, "Eh." Yeah,
4: Yeah, and that's I think that's a great concern to bring up is like the security part of it, right? Like who's listening, who's watching, where's the data going? And we don't wanna alarm anyone, but those are the questions and things to ask because obviously this is going somewhere, and that's the that moment we don't want to happen down the line, that aha moment of, oh my God, my data isn't secure. I think I don't want to name any platforms, but there's been platforms where everybody gets excited, everybody starts using it. And then the privacy stuff starts popping up. But by then we've already used it, shared our information and spoken on them and shared things on them. So I think it's important for these security and privacy questions to come up sooner than later so that we all feel comfortable using them.
3: I've definitely fallen for a couple of those. I think mean,
4: there was a couple like
3: phone apps that would turn me into like a 7 year old woman and also like a two year old baby. And I fully downloaded them and I was like, this is sick. And then like a week later, it was like huge privacy concerns with blank app facial recognition being sold to the interwebs. And I was like, shoot, <laughs> they know what I'm <laughs> going to look like
1: when I'm yeah. 70 now. <laughs> <laughs> what, do we do, what do we do with 70-year-old uh, Naomi? Like, we don't we... know. Yeah. We don't
3: know. We're going to find out. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on my toes with that one. But yeah, it was just like a complete lack of, you know, it's a fad, right? It pops up as this like cool thing. And I don't even think about where that data is being stored. I don't even think about it. And I should. And I will now moving forward because I feel like once you're burned in a situation like that, you hopefully remember it moving forward. But
4: mm-hmm. it's a it's a really
3: good thing to to point out, Gilda.
4: But do you think we're now in an era of risk-taking? Like, we all take these risks. Like, cool thing comes out, sign me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me test it, right? Then you're like, yeah. oh, wait, I need mm-hmm. a think about privacy or...
3: Yeah. The other thing is, I think my stance on that is like, I have entered my data into so many websites. My stance is like, what's one more? You know, if someone yeah. really wants my email, they're going to get it. They're going to get it somewhere. They've already got it. Many people already have got it. I don't know how. My spam folder is just full of one to one messages of people that I'm like, where did you come from? And so I'm on the stance of like, I want to be cautious, but at the same time, I'm like, I've already done it. It's it's already happening. My data's everywhere. My yeah. face is everywhere. I'm, I've done this to myself through a public Instagram profile and many years of posting with no with no filter, literally.
4: Well, it's the same thing for me. I'm surprised yeah. Yahoo hasn't said not another sign up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not another
3: sign up. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. yeah, we can't yeah. handle any more. <laughs> <laughs>
2: For me, like the reverse is kind of like the, the other problem is that with AI it's learning, it's trying to get information out from the general internet. And we've tried to, you know, kind of put our voices out there, right? Like I know for myself, like an Eric, we've like written blog posts and stuff like that, put that out there, we do the podcast, you know, it gets transcribed and posted out there. Like, so how much of it is reading and then just spitting back out like our own stuff to other people? you know, without giving us credit for that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is also like concerning to me, that other side of the privacy, you know, talk, right? And, and do I want mm-hmm. to be using that uncredited work that somebody else has done in in what I'm doing? So it's like, it's always like, it's always in the back of my mind whenever I start looking at that kind of stuff too. So, and, and, and to kind of throw this, this out there, like as, a, as one of the things, I know we're kind of getting close to time and I, mm-hmm. we need to wrap up soon-ish, uh, mm-hmm. but I did want to ask like in an ideal scenario or what would be the ideal scenario to use some of this stuff. And I know, you because you already touched on it a little bit, Naomi, kind of talking about, you know, kind of what would be a little bit more of a nice way to use this.
3: My dream scenario for AI right now is to say, do a tool, to say, hey, I have a launch coming up where I need to send an email, create a couple of social posts. I want to update our onboarding emails to mention this really cool feature. What should my project plan look like? Or, what do I need to think about when I am trying to coordinate with other team members? Who should I talk to? And it just like spit out some like go to market plan for me. That would be amazing. That is my dream scenario. I could just use the template that I've already created, but for some reason, like using AI for that would be amazing. And then again, just being able to work with my marketing automation solution to give it prompts for like, a new flow and the touch points I want and have it create kind of the skeleton structure. Those are my probably like two dream use cases. So if anyone's listening and they're already doing yeah. that, please <laughs> send me over those things.
4: <laughs> yeah, I love those. I would also add to, to that checkpoints as Naomi's building these, right? But I also want AI to, if there's duplicate records make it prominent like catch mistakes or errors like before it happens like let's help marketers worst nightmare is a campaign going out that has the wrong copy graphic or I I worked in an organization that sent an email out the same email to a customer five times I want AI to You know, remove some of the layers of stress that marketers go through when they're building, sending, QAing campaigns and figure out a way for AI to come in and help and flag certain things, right? Double check the code and help with the tables and the graphics, heck, make suggestions, right? Cause we're so busy in the day-to-day world of what we do. Sometimes we're drained and we have, unless the coffee kicks in, we have no creative ideas. Do not come to me.
2: <laughs>
4: come to me after the coffee's kicked in. Cause let me tell you, the creative juices are flowing, but <laughs> maybe AI can help with template suggestions and other ideas and stuff that we haven't maybe not thought about. So I think like I'd want AI to, to come in and help with some of these areas.
2: That's awesome. I hope somebody's listening that's guiding this stuff to, to do it because as much as we love having it still like that human element, especially for like cross-checking things and doing some of that work is still just a little bit of a pain that to optimize it would be just amazing. I don't think it eliminates very much of of a whole lot because you still need to have that human eye cross-track, but then to have an extra set of eyes like in an automated fashion, I think is really nice.
3: The other thing that would be really, cool, now that I'm thinking about it is once AI has fully taken in all the information it can, if, I write in saying, "Hey, I'm in this industry. What is the standard like onboarding plan for a tool like this? Like I'm just thinking like, if it could spit out like, here are your competitors." And this is how many emails they send in the first seven days, and this is what they talk about. That's cool. Scary, but cool. It eliminates research that I have to do, which I should also, you know, do myself. but that would be an interesting use of AI if it could do competitive Intel for me.
1: Yeah, just breaking down some of like the tedious tasks so that you have the ability to be more creative yourself and Mm -hmm. really dive into metrics and statistics that uh, can help you uh, with the next campaign and the next project. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, also I wanted to talk about really quick about some of the research that I was looking at, some of the background for this episode. And uh, yeah, like I said before, I'd never really messed with ChatGPT because, well, one, it scares the heck out of me. So, but I wanted to know, you know when is the best time to send an email marketing campaign to 250,000 re- recipients? Say that five times fast. Yes. But uh, all it did was literally just scrape pretty much best practices from all over, you know, blog posts, and it looks like from other ESPs as well. So, JT, that, that made me wonder, you know, is this? You know, scraping of all these best practices for email, is it skipping the art and science of deliverability in general just by scraping it all together? What do you think? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Simple answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, no. But like it, in, in all honesty, it's one of those things. That, I mean, we keep Naomi, I know that's what you want. And you want like to just get like, hey, what's the easiest and best way for me to do X? And I think someday it will get there. I think that there is an, an eventuality where that will be the reality. Like it'll know just because of what has happened, what's the best way to do it? And I think you know the the deliverability space is is so unique. I mean, when I read stuff like this, like that prompt you gave it, like and like I just said a few moments ago, I feel like some of those are my words, and and maybe I'm just regurgitating yeah. what I've heard from other people and stuff that I've read on other sites and stuff like that. And 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 maybe that's the case. But I know whenever I I have to frame that, and whenever I've talked to customers about that, there's always that piece that that is the intangible. Right now, knowing who the person is that's trying to execute that is just makes a huge difference industry behavior brand voice like so many of those things like do also play account into that like is, is this a normal behavior that's going to happen is it not a normal behavior is it you know what are we doing what's our plan for the future what is this going to look like when it's done and 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 i think ai can get there i i honestly think that at some point there will be a tool that knows exactly those questions to ask to really help cater toward uh you know creating that without having to do uh, you know, too much background, right. Or, or without having to know the exact of everything of, or, um, you know, get close enough that something can be executed on and, and in a safe way and in a good way. But I think right now that's not the reality of it. And and I think that it still, even then takes the, the art behind it, you know, like a, a little bit away. And, and I don't know if that's ever going to be replaceable as, is, is uh, that, that piece that we end up talking about, Whenever we we start having that conversation at a deep level on on uh, trying to solve a, trying to create a solution for a particular sender, right? And and I think that's what it comes down to is that that particular solution that we we want there. So I think there'll always be room for deliverability type stuff and that conversation about deliverability on a very specific level but you know i I, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen eventually it's gonna know it's gonna know the questions to ask it's gonna know Mm -hmm. what the scenarios are and then bring all the data that it has and really you know kind of replace some of that conversation that that we we have as deliverability experts
1: yeah it it has a lot of like the overarching themes but like the real nuances of it i think that's kind of like where we have to step in and kind of keep guiding it it's so fresh it's so new there's not the whole you know regulations behind it we don't know that the checkers that are in place if there's checkers if there's no checkers like what is it you know where is it telling us to go and how it's telling us to perform these actions you know it's just you know it's like it's an in infancy right now so it feels like um you know we, we definitely do have a long way to go and and y'all are right you know time will tell we'll get there
4: time yeah. will tell but let's not call it easy
1: yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah i like it i like it a lot <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll certainly find out for further on down the line you know uh is the juice going to be worth the squeeze here spending you know an an hour and a half figuring out what prompts and then do another two hours of of fact checking or you know just ultimately just doing the work yourself in that regard right like what what's going to be better here if you have any comments, questions, uh, you know, just overall feelings in general about AI, and you want to speak with either Gilda or Naomi, Gilda, where can they find you at?
4: My social handles are just Gilda, and it's J U S T Gilda, G U I L D A. A lot of people get confused. They're like, okay, just G Y L D. I'm like, no, it's actually just Gilda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Naomi?
3: Yeah, I'm also on Twitter at email from naomi and instagram as well under the same handle i love twitter and tweeting about emails so if you ever want to talk about email you can tweet me
1: <laughs> right on right on and thomas this is the, the last of our season but if they want to see past episodes and other items like that where can they find us
0: yeah, for sure. You can find us at mailgun.com forward slash resources forward slash podcast. And you can listen to all our previous episodes also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere that you digest your podcast. Yeah, Gilda and appreciate you and your time. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Me you too.
4: Time. Thanks for having us. Thanks.
0: This has been a Mailgun production, an email delivery service focused on providing better deliverability for developers and businesses alike with over 150,000 customers. Learn more at mailgun.com.